Hi there, I'm Andres Correa. Happy October, and welcome to the Park Street Insider Podcast. This month, the PSU team is taking on the wine category, and in this essential talk with Allison Lavera, co-founder and CEO of Juliet Wine, she has some insight for brands across the entire beverage alcohol spectrum on creating a modern marketing model. Juliet Wines aims to be a category disruptor by deconstructing the stigma around box wines as low quality. And to do this, they've innovated and implemented an authentic marketing approach based on culture, community, and change. For Allison, the best modern brands can connect with younger consumers through a common purpose. She'll highlight the steps her brand has taken to create a two-way dialogue with consumers to build brand loyalty and utilize data. She'll also break down why aligning with premiumization has allowed Juliet Wine to diversify their channel strategy and secure on-premise account placements. With so much to dive into here, I'll get out of your way so that you can enjoy this essential talk from Allison Luvero. Hi, I'm Allison Luvera. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Juliet Wine. And if you're wondering why a boxed wine is at our convent, stick with me. So what we're doing at Juliet is reimagining boxed wine for the modern consumer. And to give you a little bit of our backstory, our mission is to shift the culture of everyday wine drinking away from glass bottles. And by doing this, we want to advance sustainability for the entire wine industry. When we were very early on in our company, we discovered this fact that glass bottles in their transport are actually the single largest contributor to the wine industry's carbon footprint. And box wine is an incredible answer to that. You know, it can reduce the carbon emissions of wine by 50 to 80% just by switching over to this format. But in the US, there's this incredibly stubborn negative stigma against the packaging format. It's associated with low quality wines, you know, cheap wines, slap the bag, your grandma drinks it, it's ugly. And so we knew that, you know, in order to overcome this, we had to use a modern marketing approach. You know, we use product innovation and a really modern playbook, I guess you could say. And, and that's what we feel that we have to do in order to change perceptions and change behaviors, right? Like if we're going to try to get people to change the way that they drink wine on an everyday basis, we need to use marketing tactics and innovative approaches that other wine brands maybe aren't using. And so far, the approach is working. We've launched last fall, but we've had incredible momentum to date. And we're really seeing a movement created around the premiumization of box wine. We've seen triple-digit sales growth. We're in 100 accounts in three states. And that's without a sales team. We've just hired our first sales leader this past week. We've had media coverage from everyone from Forbes to Vogue to TechCrunch to wine enthusiasts. So the interest is there. We're clearly doing something right. And to speak to our modern marketing model, it really can get distilled down to three pillars and culture, community, and change. So with culture, what that means to us is that modern consumers expect brands to stand for something bigger than the products, to stand for something bigger than the company. And they want them to do that in an authentic way. If you think about the most successful brands of today, the ones that are really resonating, especially with the younger consumers, they all have this connection to culture. 
And it can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different brands. For us, it's our commitment to sustainability. So not only have we innovated our packaging to lower the carbon emissions of our entire product and the wine experience, but we infuse it through different facets of our business as well. So we have a partnership with 1% for the planet. We have a take-back scheme where we offer to recycle the wine pouches that are included in our eco-magnum for consumers. We have a lot of education on our social channels around sustainability and around recycling. And, you know, for brands like Carnenche, it's it's arts and music, and they've created a brand world around this. Whatever it is, the best modern brands that are really speaking to modern consumers, younger consumers, are, are really infusing culture into their brand plans. Community is the second one. And I think, you know, Again, you look at some of the most successful brands of today, and they all have these really engaged communities of of consumers, but also fans, like really loyal fans. And I think that some other industries like fashion and beauty do this really well, and it's almost table stakes in those industries. But with wine and spirits, there's a lot of challenges because of the three-tier system, because of the traditional marketing approaches that have have generally been used in the space. And so for us, we knew that, again, to kind of achieve this massive goal that we have of of overcoming this negative stigma and changing behaviors, we knew we had to be intentional about how we were how we were building our community and how we were creating that group of evangelists that were really going to help us spread the word about what we're doing. So whether that's, you know, We've invested in a really robust DTC platform, which is something that Nick mentioned is a great way to collect data and to have, you know, that, you know, two-way dialogue with the consumers. We do a lot on social media and through our customer service. We engage across platforms. You know, we're having fielding DMs and reviews and having conversations with our customers every single day, all day, and we're listening to them. So a great example of that is, you know, we were getting a lot of requests from our customers about launching an orange wine. It's a really trendy varietal or style of wine, I should say, but it's not something that you would think that would be in a boxed wine. And so, you know, we were able to take that feedback and take that that pattern of messages that we were getting and inform our brand plans, inform our innovation and our our product pipeline with that. And we'll be more successful because now we know we have a baked in demand for it within our our community of loyal consumers. And the third thing that we focus on is change. And, you know, it's a, it's a broad term to us. Change really just means questioning the status quo. And, you know, there's a lot of heritage in wine and spirits, in, in wine especially, and a lot of resistance to doing things in a new way sometimes. And we knew that we had to think of things in a different way, be a little bit more experimental, be a little bit more innovative in every aspect of our business if we are going to succeed. We really have this mindset that if we're going to achieve something that has never been achieved before, we're going to have to do things a little bit differently. And not all of these risks we take or these things that we try are going to pay off, but we have to try. And I think that's the beauty, by the way, of being in a startup environment versus a bigger corporate environment is that if you're able to take these risks, it's, it's a lot easier, I think, to be nimble about it. So the most obvious example of the our commitment to change is our packaging format. And just to tell a little story around this, when we initially set out, we knew we wanted to premiumize boxed wine, but we didn't know that we were going to 
invent a new packaging format. We started out by trying to design your traditional boxed rectangular, there's corners to it, wine. And we were applying all sorts of, you know, very beautiful designs to it. We were working with an agency that was helping us with this. And it just wasn't working for us. We, we couldn't see how a beautiful design on a package that looks the same as Franzia, just dressed up in a different way, was going to move the needle in the way that we needed it to. And so we started thinking about that status quo. We started thinking about you know, if you're in a wine shop or a liquor store, where is the box wine? It's in the back of the store, bottom shelf, you know, a couple of cheaper brands. It's, it's not something that's inviting. It's not something that catches your eye. What can we do to get placements other places than the back, back of the store, or bottom of the shelf? What can we do to ensure that we're visible on shelf, that we've got a beautiful canvas that, that stands out? We thought about the same thing with the on-premise. Nobody in the on-premise wants to buy boxed wine. There's a lot of reasons for that. And so we went and talked to operators. We talked to bartenders. We talked to people we knew in restaurants and, and, and bars that owned it or were the buyers and said, like, why don't you like boxed wine? And they would tell us it's, it actually has some interesting potential benefits for them in terms of being glass-free, staying fresh for six weeks after opening. But the juice that's out there is by far and large, not great. And the packaging doesn't look good enough to proudly be displayed on a back bar. So we took a lot of this into consideration and and decided that the shape had to change. We worked with a product engineer on creating what is now the Eco Magnum. It's a 1.5 liter cylindrical tube made of 100% paperboard. We actually have two patents pending on it because nothing like it exists today. Inside of it is the same standard wine pouch that goes into your average box of wine. It just fits neatly through the spout that you can kind of see where is behind the illustration there. And it's eco-friendly, you know, life cycle assessments. We're actually in the middle of our own carbon audit, but average life cycle assessments show anywhere from 50 to 80% carbon reduction by using a format like this. It is proprietary. You know, we really were bridging the gap between box and bottled wine. We're getting those placements on shelf at retail. We're getting the window displays, the end caps. We are, you know, I'll speak to this in a minute, but we are getting traction in the on-premise and it has a lot of convenience factors. You know, it's, it stays fresh for four weeks after opening. It's glass-free and portable because we've added this beautiful little handle there. And we've won a few awards just, you know, again, launched last fall and we've already won a Dialine Award first place in sustainable packaging design, which we're really proud of. I've been informed by our graphic designers that that's like the Oscars of packaging design, if that exists, and uh, a San Francisco wine competition best in class. So we're really excited about this. But again, it all started with this commitment to change this sort of consistent and intentional questioning of the status quo and thinking about what we can do that's different and that's better and that will ultimately help us achieve our goal, which is to overcome this stigma, which is to, you know, raise the awareness and push forward sustainability and in the industry. And having a package like this has helped us diversify our channel strategy. So Julia is actually the first box wine to be embraced by upscale on-premise accounts. Actually, right now, about 30% of our accounts are on-premise. 
projects, whether they're high-end resorts, like the Auberge Resorts, we're in two of their properties, the Belmont in Santa Barbara, we're doing a test with them poolside, or high-end kind of image-driving restaurants. We're in quite a few in the Hamptons in New York City and LA. And what we did is we kind of, again, took this approach where we thought about where we were different and that we were glass-free and we had this shelf life of four to six weeks after opening. And we used that to kind of curate who we would go after in terms of the on-premise. So we really try to talk to on-premise accounts that have outdoor dining areas or that have a need for something that by the glass that's in this format, but you know they're not going to throw away a half-drank bottle of wine at the end of a night. There's less waste there. And we've been able to leverage that community I talked about in a huge way in our on-premise accounts with activations. So we will have happy hours or aperitivos or weekend brunches at one of our accounts. We'll invite one of our biggest fans. We call them part of our ambassador program. We'll let them curate it with their group of friends. And then we'll put the call out on social media for our community to come and show up and experience Juliet in this beautiful account with us. And then it really becomes almost a content hub in the account because everyone's snapping photos, sharing it on their Instagram, sharing it on TikTok. We get content. The account gets content. Everybody's happy. And so we've seen some really great results with that. Every time we do an event like that, on average, we drive a 100% reorder of everything that the account has. So for example, we just did an event two weeks ago at Loring Place. And they went through three cases of wine, placed a reorder for three cases the next day. So this is really driving sales. It's activating our community. And it's really showing a different way of showing up with, with modern marketing. And so that's it. For us, I would just leave you with... If you're an entrepreneur, if you're a brand innovator or a brand builder, just keep in mind that by definition, intrinsically, you are doing something different that's never been done before. And that is going to take different approaches, more modern approaches, more innovation in order to achieve your goals. It's not possible to achieve something new by sticking with the status quo. And that's what we keep in mind at Juliet. And I would encourage you all to do the same. Hi, everyone. It's Emily again. We really appreciate you tuning into this episode and hope you found it valuable. This podcast is produced by Emmett Strack and co-hosted by me, Emily Pennington, and Andres Correa. If you like the show, we'd love to hear your feedback. The best way to do that is to give us a rating or leave a review on your preferred platform. If you're interested in getting involved with the podcast, send us an email at psu at parkstreet.com, which is also listed in the show notes. You can find more educational materials on our website, parkstreet.com, or YouTube channel, search Park Street University. Thanks a lot, and cheers until next time.